the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Back in 2019, I set out on a project that on the fourth Sunday of Lent, I would preach through all 30 steps of the Ladder of Divine Ascent. Now, in the church, the fourth Sunday of Lent every year is dedicated to the memory of St. John Climacus, or St. John of the Ladder. He was an abbot of the monastery in Sinai in the 6th century, and he wrote a book called The Ladder of Divine Ascent. And in this book, he lays out 30 steps in which if we follow these steps, we will ascend from earth to heaven. This book is uh, the most widely read book during Lent in Orthodox monasteries. Almost every single Orthodox monastery in the world reads through this book during their meals during the Lenten season. So, like I said, in 2019, I uh, set out on this project that however long the Lord gives me as a priest, that for the next 25 to 30 years, I would preach every year on a different step. Because normally what happens is every priest will talk about the book as a whole, but you don't really get into the depths of anything. So, step one is on renunciations of life. Step two, on detachment. Step three, on exile. Step four, on obedience, which is the longest chapter in the book. Step five, on penitence, which is the chapter about the prison. And step six, which I'm on this year, because I did detachment and exile in the same year. Step six is on remembrance of death. So, for what it's worth, um, this is step six on remembrance of death, according to St. John Climacus, St. John of the Ladder. Um, now, you have to remember that Orthodox people think of death far differently than everybody else in the world. To us, our, our fascination and our, our constant holding before us of death is not a morbid thing because our theology exalts the resurrection of Christ. Death is no longer something to be feared. Because of Christ, death, the dominion of death, has been done away with, as St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6. So, St. John, he says here that to re be reminded of death each day is to die, and to remember one's departure from life is to provoke tears by the hour. You know the saying, there are only two things that are inevitable in life, death and taxes, right? Um, like, everybody knows that they're going to die, and yet our culture has become so afraid of death that they want to have nothing to do with it, even when their loved ones die. People are dying in hospitals and nursing homes, and their family members never even want to see the body. This is becoming more and more common. But for us, death is sobering. Death needs to be a healthy reminder of what's set before us. At some point, we will all die, and we will all stand before the Lord. And the real question 
that we always have to ask ourselves is, are we ready to do that? The church, as a hospital for the soul, prepares the soul for death in order to meet God. That's what we do. Um, Back in 2019, we had two funerals in one week here, and it was a really chaotic but blessed time. And a couple months after those funerals, we were visited by uh, Lisa Catlett's mother, Korea Martha Berge. And I was telling her about that season in the church and what it was like, and she made a really interesting comment. She said, you know, like our church, we went 25 years without having a funeral in this church from the day it was founded until 2019. Didn't have a funeral for 25 years. And she said, you know, deaths mature a parish. Funerals are good for the maturity of a parish. And I asked her what she meant. She said, funerals are sobering. They're sobering. And we need them in order to grow up and remember what's really important. It doesn't mean we go looking for them. But when they come, we have to remember, we have to remember what's before us. Too many times, too many times, we live our lives as if we're never going to die. We, too many times we live our life like the rich man who laid up for himself many, many goods, filled up his barns, tore down his barns, built bigger ones, said to himself, Self? You've got many things. you got your 401k. You got your pension, you got your big screen TV, you got everything you need. Just eat, drink, and be merry. And then the Lord comes and says, you fool, tonight your soul will be demanded of you. And then whose stuff will this be? St. John Climacus says, the man who wants to be reminded constantly of death and of God's judgment, and who at the same time gives in to material cares and distractions, is like someone trying at the same time to swim and to clap his hands. If your remembrance of death, he goes on, if your remembrance of death is clear and specific, you will cut down on your eating. And if in your humility you reduce the amount you eat, your passions will be correspondingly reduced. If all you think that you need to live is earthly food and not heavenly food, then your passions will grow. But if you can control your eating, St. John says, then your passions will be reduced. And we can control our eating by remembering that we need heavenly bread. And that our death is coming, probably sooner than we think. St. John also says, Just as some declare that the abyss is infinite, for they call it a bottomless pit, so the thought of death is is limitless and brings with it chastity and activity. He's talking about spiritual activity. 
So the remembrance of death can be really good because it brings a healthy um, view of what's really important in our life. It's really easy in our culture, our first world culture, the most affluent country and culture the world has ever seen, it's really easy for us to get distracted and focus on things that aren't as important as the kingdom of of heaven and our repentance. But St. John says if we can remember death, then our prayer will be stronger, our repentance will be deeper. There was a song, a country music song in 2004 by Tim McGraw. Many of you have probably heard it, right? He gets advice from somebody who was diagnosed with something terminal. He says, what did you do? The man says, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. You know what I'm talking about? That's a bucket list. Those are fun things to do before you die. Oh, i got to experience that, right? Okay, fine. But then it goes on. He says, I loved deeper, I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. And someday I hope that you might give it, get a chance to live like you were dying. It's a really nice song. But that verse, that verse is really interesting to think about. Remembrance of death, like this person's life changed when they realized they're dying. And it's not just about going and having fun. They talk nicer, they become a better friend, they start forgiving people, they love deeper. So my question, here's the takeaway of all of this. Why wait until your deathbed to live the life that God wants you to live. Why wait? What are we waiting for? Let's put first things first. Let's love God and love neighbor. Let's repent deeply and forgive always. Why do we have to wait for a cancer diagnosis? Why do we have to wait for that awful illness to afflict us? Why can't we just do it now? I think life will have a lot less sorrow and heartache if we can actually live the life that Christ calls us to live. St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, be dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. And if we live that way, if we follow the commandments and we truly internalize the Beatitudes and love our neighbor and live as Christians, then we have nothing to fear when the doctor says, I'm sorry, Mr. Howell, your time is coming sooner than you think. We can live a life with no regret. It's actually possible. But you can only live a life with no regret if you live a life following closely to our Lord Jesus Christ. But we have a problem with procrastination. We want to put things off to the end. This is why the church encourages us to get baptized as soon as possible. Go to confession as soon as possible. Forgive and repent as soon as possible. Reconcile those relationships as soon as possible. Because every breath, every minute, 
Every day is a gift from God, and we can't take it for granted. We are not self-sufficient. We are not self-sufficient. And nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is never, ever guaranteed. That doesn't mean we live recklessly as if there is no tomorrow. But we live gratefully, thankful for today, hoping for another day tomorrow so that we can deepen our love and repentance. Have you ever seen the t-shirt that says top 10 reasons to procrastinate and it's blank? (laughs) This is the problem with procrastination. Nothing ever gets done. But humans, by nature, we always want to just put stuff off. We want to put it off, right? So what's the most effective way to get something done? You have to give somebody a deadline. Have you ever thought about that word? A deadline. <laughs> what is a deadline? Somebody dies if you don't do what you're supposed to do. That's where the term comes from. You don't do your work and the king, you know, off with the head. It's a deadline. We need deadlines, right? To be efficient to get our work done and the most important work we have in our life is that of repentance and love repentance and love why do we want to put it off fill in the (laughs) t-shirt top 10 reasons to repent now number one death number two death number three death number four death fill in the t-shirt If we read The Ladder of Divine Ascent, there are many chapters that are very difficult because the book was written for monastics. And there are many chapters that seem very extreme. However, in this chapter, I don't think it's really that complicated and I don't think it's that difficult. And I certainly don't think this is an idea only for monastics. This is something healthy and sobering for all of us. All of us. Our Lord says there is one thing needful. And that one thing needful is the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. But when we seek the materialistic things too much, when we put more stock in our entertainment than in our spiritual life, then things get out of whack. And we're going to be greatly surprised and unfortunately greatly terrified. There is a healthy fear of death. We shouldn't go seeking after it. There's a healthy fear of death. Even our Lord exhibited that in the Garden of Gethsemane. But there's a very unhealthy terror of death. If we're living righteously, we won't have that. When our time for death comes, we can, like Father Lazarus Moore of Blessed Memory, He said he wanted to just go up like a bubble without any trouble. (laughs) That's only possible if you live a life of holiness and repentance. And you can have certainty in God's forgiveness while also having enough contrition to keep you from repeating the sins of the past. Why wait? Why wait? Why don't we all start living like we're dying? Because we're supposed to already be dead to sin anyway. St. John of the Latter says, 
Do not deceive yourself, foolish worker, into thinking that one time can make up for another. The day is not long enough to allow you to repay in full its debt to the Lord. So don't go into debt. Someone has said that you cannot pass a day devoutly unless you think of it as your last. And even the Greeks have said some such thing because they describe philosophy as meditation on death. This then, this is the end of his chapter, this then is the sixth step. He who has climbed it will never sin. He quotes from Ecclesiasticus, um, or the wisdom of Sirach. Remember your last end, and you will never sin. Remember your last end, and you will never sin. Brothers and sisters, our time will come for us to stand before the Lord. And let us stand before Him with contrition, but also with full assurance in His mercy and forgiveness, knowing that our only defense is, Lord, I did the best that I could. Have mercy on me. And if we truly live a life of righteousness, we won't have anything to be terrified of. We can be certain, we can be certain that we can be lifted from the grave like Adam and Eve when Christ descended into Hades. My prayer for all of us is that we can keep the remembrance of death in our minds in a healthy way so as to put off the cares of the flesh. We sing this in the liturgy. Let us lay aside all earthly cares. We're going to sing it in just a few moments. And let us all live like we were dying so that we can all truly live a life of righteousness for Christ and in Christ, to whom is due all glory, honor, and worship together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst.